Welcome to the Nopalera podcast, a place where I share the journey of building my company from the ground up, as well as the stories of others in our community. I am your host, Sandra Velasquez, founder of Nopalera, a culture-forward brand that celebrates and elevates culture. Aside from making great products, we are cultural storytellers with a mission to inspire our community to stand in their worth. In this podcast, you will hear a mix of solo and guest episodes around the entrepreneurial realities of building a company. I launched Nopalera from my Brooklyn apartment with no outside funding while working three jobs, raising my child in the middle of the pandemic at the age of 44. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I hope it inspires you to live boldly. Hola amigos, it is Hispanic Heritage Month, but let's be real. It is Hispanic Heritage Month, 365 days of the year for us Latinos, but no matter, we are still celebrating anyway. I'm really excited for today's episode to introduce you to Joanna and Leslie of Vive Cosmetics. They are fabulous human beings. Their brand is fabulous. And for Joanna, starting Vive Cosmetics was a dream come true. As a Latina and a beauty lover, she never truly felt represented by any brand out there. While Leslie really wanted to blend her love for working with the Latina community and passion for making Makeup and all things beauty. So Leslie and Joanna created Viva Cosmetics, the culture-conscious beauty brand to recognize the importance of not just Latinas, but of everyone who's ever felt undervalued. Can you guys relate? I'm raising my hand. So they're on a mission to make sure you always remember your worth. No matter what an outsider's narrative has to say about you, the only story that matters is the one you are in charge of telling. And amen to that. So without further ado, let's dive in. You're going to want to grab some tissues for the end. You know, we tend to get emotional here on these podcasts because we really try to be transparent and vulnerable because those are the things that connect us and unite us. Let's dive in. Hello, Leslie and Joanna. How are you guys? Welcome to the podcast. I love you guys. I mean, we've already chatted before. I had you on Instagram Live, but now that we have the podcast, I wanted to connect again just for people to learn your story and to really understand like what is it like to run a cosmetics company in 2022. So I just want to dig into the nitty gritty. So, I mean, first of all, you guys have been co-founders since the beginning. Is that true? Yes. Okay. I don't, I can't even imagine like what that's like because I've always been alone. So that's awesome that you guys have each other to lean on. I'm sure that you guys appreciate that. And I just love to start off with asking like, how do you, you know, as co-founders decide who's going to do what? Like, how do you divide up the duties over at Viva Cosmetics? Yeah, Sandro, first of all, thank you so much for having us. We admire you so much and we're honored and thrilled you asked us to be on your podcast because you're someone that we look up to. So it is great to be talking to you as a peer and somebody that we admire. So thank you for having us. Thank you. You guys are so nice. I totally agree with that. I think with owning a business, it can be really difficult to find community and find people that are willing to share. And I think you're one of the few that is willing to just go above and beyond, be open. You are an open book. You've said it before. You, <laughs> um, you know, have met with us for, you know, an hour and you do so much community work where you help entrepreneurs find their way. So I just want to give you your flowers because we feel Aww. you're amazing. We love you. And we really do appreciate you taking the time to kind of show your journey. 
Oh, thank yeah. you guys. Thank you. You guys are so nice. <laughs> yeah. And I think our journey as co-founders, I feel had a really strong start. Um, Joanna and I came into Vive really like with the vision of Vive first before we were actually really close friends. Joanna and I connected. Uh, we actually met through our now husbands and boyfriends. And Joanna and I bonded over the fact that we love makeup. We wanted to do something online and on social media. And then we were really inspired at this conference. Women pitching amazing business ideas, solving problems with their niche communities. So we asked ourselves, what can we do? And what are the ways that we can contribute to something that we're passionate about? And like Latinas and Agricultura and beauty just kind of came to be. So from the foundation, since Joanna and I weren't like BFFs forever, like we really set the groundwork of like, who's going to do what and what are our strengths. And that really started with a legal document, right? Like a partnership agreement that needs to be written up by a lawyer. You guys are so smart. Yeah. Like, I, that's, I don't think most people do that. So props, like, props. Like a lawyer, okay. right? Like, or a business accountant, somebody that is professional and dealing with business partnerships. So it's a prenup. You had a prenup. Yeah, which is truly right. And like really laying out like, what are you good at? Or what do you enjoy? Or what am I good at? What do I enjoy? And then dividing the roles and duties as such. So I think that we always recommend that when we're talking to other co-founders or when people are thinking about bringing a co-founder, like you have to be really aware, like what is it that you're good at or like you figure strengths are and then like compliment and finding someone who be complimentary to you. But I think most importantly, like Joanna and I have been really lucky. I feel like we have a really good relationship. We always hear about when it turns sour and like it's terrible or like you go in business with like a BFF and then you turn out to be like enemies. So like, I think it's like having that like mutual respect and like vision of like what we want Viva to be or our vision really has evolved since when we started, but I think it's evolving together. I think is what has really helped us just like become a stronger team. And I think that it's so important to understand what your strengths are, right? People, this is advice that you hear oftentimes from seasoned entrepreneurs, like whoever you surround yourself with, they can't be just like you. They have to compliment your skill set. Like you're really great at marketing and someone else is not great. Like that's, you know, that's how you build a team. So, cause I feel like both of you are, you're so outgoing. Both of you are so personable. Like I'm curious, like who is good at what? <laughs> who does what at Vive? <laughs> Um, well, Leslie's the marketing expert. Um, Leslie went to school for marketing, so she, she does all the marketing. Okay. And for me, I feel like it's mostly like the business part, right? So I do, we do the financials, the taxes uh, for the business. <laughs> so jealous that you guys have a co-founder in taxes. Like, that's like my biggest pain point. Anyway, go on, go on. <laughs> no, honestly, taxes are, a lot of people hate them. I actually love them. And I feel like, and for me, bless your heart. I'm helping people <laughs> in a different way, right? Ta the tax code is so complex and it's very important for us to learn the nitty gritty so that you can save on taxes and how do you use and how do you strategize so that's kind of how we divide the roles but we're honestly in everything product development we kind of you know go hand in hand we help each other out in that and then i mean we love social media so we're try to be our best on stories and be on online as well yeah Oh my God. I literally, my call before this podcast recording was with a new financial person. Cause I'm mm -hmm. really looking for someone like the full service, like they're the controller, they're going to do the taxes. They're going to deal with the sales taxes. I mean, cause as you guys know, your D to C, which I'm going to dive into in a second, mm -hmm. 
the taxes for every single state and every county within that state is a nightmare. You know, yeah. like there is no way that you can keep up with that. So you really, I use tax jar. I don't know what you guys use to really manage the sales tax aspect of mm -hmm. the D2C side. But every time you get nexus in a new state, because you've reached a certain threshold, mm -hmm. you need to create an account. It's like, oh my God, I hate this. <laughs> like, this is not why I started a business. <laughs> and that's so interesting because those are the things people don't talk about, right? They're like, build your online business. And then you're like, the state of Illinois wants your taxes. And we're like, what? No, <laughs> we're not even literally Illinois. the state of Illinois is like emailing me. The state of yeah, Illinois that, wants, that they want their money back. Okay. <laughs> the of, yeah. Cause you know, those Chicago Latinas, they'd be yeah. purchasing, you know, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people don't realize like the board of equalization for, especially California closes more businesses than the IRS does. And that's because people don't realize that we, any product based business, you have to collect sales tax, whether you charge it to the customer or whether you pay the sales tax yourself. Cause you could technically market your product at $20 and you're going to pay the sales tax. But that in itself is a nightmare. But people don't realize that the Board of Equalization is going after small businesses and closing them because of the fines that they'll basically encounter for not doing their sales taxes. Yeah, yeah. Very California, important. I love it, but it's rough for businesses, actually, yeah. right? Yeah. We can go on and on about that. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> But it's just you guys, right? Or do you have people helping you? Because, you know, yes, marketing is important, finance is important, but there's also all sorts of other things to be done, like operations. And are you guys doing everything yourselves still? Or have you brought in some other like team members to help you? Because are you guys five years old now? We're five, yeah. No, we're still a tiny team. Joanna and I mostly do everything. And when I say mostly, we do have some staff. So we have a staff member who has been a, a graphic designer, webmaster. She's been with us for three years now, very part time, but like very consistent. Mm -hmm. So we're so lucky. It's really hard to get great graphic designers that are like flexible and all of that. So she's amazing. She's actually in Texas. So shout out to Stephanie. Um, and they've been having interns and just like very part-time social media content creator roles that have been kind of in and out for the past two years. But for most of the five years, it's really has been Joanna and I. And then on the operations side, um, Joanna's mom, we call her our unofficial warehouse employee. She helps Joanna and us a ton from the goodness of her heart. She really helps us with like our packaging and like orders and things like that. So just that has really been amazing and so helpful. But you know, just like other creatives, like I know you also work with Amanda as a photographer. So we've worked with Amanda. Shout out to Amanda. Love Amanda. I'm always giving out her name. I'm like, hire Amanda. Hire Amanda. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. So like while our team is literally like always like four to five people, we, we've mm -hmm, always mm -hmm. worked out with, we've had an accountant who we've hired, right? She's a contractor. Amanda, the photographer, a contractor. When we hire models, those are just for the day. Mm -hmm. So there's always so many different creatives that we work with. Mm -hmm. Makeup artists as well, right? And I think what has been really important and intentional is like, who are we giving our money to? Mm -hmm. Right? So like while our team has remained small, Preach. yeah, like our contractors have been really intentional. Of like who's our printing guy, right? It's like Jesse, a Latino owned business in Sacramento or like Amanda, mm -hmm. Latino, a woman, woman photographer, which is still quite rare, right? Mm -hmm. And like really thinking about those intentional roles and what we need to fill and like where's our money going to at the end of the day. So that has been like really important for us since day one. I love that. And you know, I'm just as we were talking before we pressed record, I'm coming off of this four day Latino conference of 6000 Latino 
everything, professionals, entrepreneurs, banks, you know, the CEO of Nike was there, you know, and they always open the comments with releasing the data of the power of the Latino cohort, which, you know, they call it. And it's like the GDP, the gross domestic product of the Latinos in this country is equivalent to like the fifth largest country in the world. So that is like an incredible statistic, right? But at the same time, they also release like but the money is not flowing back into the community, mm. right? So there's a huge disconnect. There's a huge gap between like the amount that the Latino cohort is contributing to the economy, but yet we're not getting funding. We're not getting the loans. Like we're not getting these things to fuel us. Like, so what they were saying is the number one rule of capitalism is put the money where the growth is and the growth is in the Latino community, in the Latino cohort. And yet we are not getting that money. Right. So I love that you said that just made me think of this because they just released this data and it is so important, right. For us to, we do have so much power with who we give our money to because you are now helping someone else thrive Mm -hmm. to build the life and then to go and for them to grow you. Right. It's so important. So I love that. I want to talk about D2C because you guys launched as a D2C brand, right? And things have changed, right? I mean, things are changing so quickly. I cannot keep up. This is why my marketing team are all under like 25, okay? (laughs) Because I'm like, I need you all to tell me what is going on in the world, you know? So tell me about what you have seen change in just the landscape, right? When you guys started D2C as to like where we are now, like just I'm going to let you guys tell me. Honestly, 2016 is when the idea kind of started, right? It was before there was honestly any Latina-owned beauty brands out there. So for us, you know, it's changed so much. And it's amazing to see so many more Latina brands coming out, right? That is honestly, I, I, and I, I said that to myself, if I made it, it's because I want other people to come after me, right? I want mm-hmm. to kind of set the foundation, pave the way for all of these people who see that we are the future, right? And in 2016, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was no Latina-owned brands. You know, we were all token Latinas. We were all marketed, you know, with campaigns that did not talk to us in a way that we could understand. Right. So that's Mm -hmm. why Viva started, because we didn't see brands that looked like us. And it it starts with the founders. Right. There was no one in positions of power that were talking to us as Latinas. Right. We didn't see ourselves Mm -hmm. represented in these brands. So back in the day, you know, Instagram was so easy to grow. Right. Within the first year, Mm. you know, Leslie and I had over twenty five thousand followers like one year, just like, you know, it mm-hmm. was so easy for people to find you. The algorithm was like, you know, feeding it. Working. <laughs> it was working. And now it's not, right? That's the biggest thing we've seen with Instagram. It's like, we are not reaching our community. Even the people that mm-hmm. follow us, we are not being shown to our own followers. Mm-hmm. So things need to change, right? We don't own Instagram. We don't own the followers there. So number one is making sure that you're funneling your followers through your email list, right? Your email list yes. is what you can actually own. Right. And then again, TikTok, TikTok is a beast in itself. (laughs) I'll let Leslie talk about that. But I mean, honestly, it's changed so much. And I think you have to learn how to pivot right in business. There's really high highs, but there's also huge, huge lows. Um, Yeah, I think as Joanna mentioned, like social media is a different kind of beast now. Um, We were able to grow quickly and very organically. And to this day, Sandra, we remain very organically, which I think is a double-edged sword when brands are thinking about where to invest. Like while we have a really great organic reach organic can only go so far and now like understanding like where do we need to invest Mm -hmm. money we didn't have before but maybe now we can and right now we're looking at google google search ads retargeting google retargeting ads so we have a great flow to our website how do we get those people to convert so we always have to think about and like again it's very like techie terminology of like the marketing funnel right at the end of the day these are just like what are those different touch points 
of that your customer is going to take that you can convince them that they should invest in your brand. And that's really what that all that funnel is. And like, right. And like, yeah. and like social media only does one part. What are the other parts that you need to fill into? Mm-hmm. But yeah. So like today we really remain really organic, which again, as I was saying, like it has cultivated in a really great community, right? Like we actually have followers that actually shop with us, right? Yeah. Just because an account has 1 million followers doesn't mean they're necessarily converting either, right? So yep. We also have to think about that. It's like it's the quality of, of followers and community. Yeah. But again, that only takes you so far. And what do we need to do to scale, right? And like, and I think that's, yeah. that's a really hard part for DTC companies, right? That start small. Like when we started Viva, like this was a small project, right? And I think something that we admire you, you started at the, at the end. It's like, what's the big goal? right and like we started at the mm-hmm, other end it's mm-hmm. like how do we start now and now we're trying to figure out what is that big goal and how do we get there mm-hmm. and i think that's the, our five-year journey where we didn't have that five years ago we didn't have that knowledge or vision that now has evolved to think about we've grown organically now we need to put into google ads and then like what's the next step to take viva to the next level and that's hard right like and just being really transparent of like where we're at mm-hmm. and like what do we need to do you know, to reach the star. Yeah. And I think as people say, like, what got you here won't get you there. Mm-hmm. You know, but we're almost two and it's still the same. It's like what got us to here is not going to get us to the next level because the algorithm has changed. Like when I first launched, I was like, I don't want to bombard people with emails. Like we're going to send them two emails a month. And my sales manager at some point was like, yo, you need to be sending like two emails a week. Like, what is this? Like, she was like, I'm on your email list and I never get any emails. So it's so true, right? To recognize like, okay, great. We did that. That's in the past. If you want different results, you can't do the same thing, right? You need to do something different if you want different results. So Google ads, right? Like paid ads. I mean, are you guys doing any kind of like influencer outreach at this point? Or like, are you leveraging your community to help you to get the word out? Or like influencer marketing, are you doing it? Yes or no? <laughs> we do it for launches. It's difficult to keep up, to be honest, with our small team mm-hmm. of keeping up with sending out regularly to new influencers. But that's kind of how we started. You know, it was very organic grassroots. Like Leslie said, we touched to a lot of people in our community that have influence, not just in beauty, but in other spaces like Jessica Starr, who's a poet, uh, you know, Locatora Radio, who are in the radio space. Like we're not just looking for beauty influencers because yes. there's influencers in every area of yes. you know expertise. So I think that's something that we've done really well is honing in on these relationships and and not just sending product to send product, right? We're not just putting up a list and sending it to 100 people that we we never even met. We never even liked their photos. (laughs) They don't follow us. We don't engage with them, right? We're all about building community because that's the only way we're going to grow, right? We want people to organically love our product and be able to share it you know, with our chismosa culture and being like, I love this product because I love it. I love it because it's great, not because they're paying me. And also we can't Mm -hmm. afford to pay them. Yeah, right. (laughs) So we we need you guys to like it for free. Okay. (laughs) And on that end though, we definitely have, again, going back to like where we're putting our money. We actually, earlier this year, we received the grant, which then we actually were able to use some of those. Congrats. Yeah, we, we were able to use some of those funds to actually pay our affiliate members, right? Our affiliates have a code and then they promote it. You know, they promote their discount code with their community. Mm -hmm. Um, And even just like beyond that, we were able to give them a small, I would say stipend for them because they promote us. In addition to their affiliate code earnings, we have a small stipend for you Mm -hmm. to appreciate you. So in the ways that we can, we, again, as like being a very intentional and aware company of like 
women of color need to get paid, people of color need to get paid. So also like when we can definitely jumping to that opportunity. And I think, you know, as Joanna said, like, I think like influencer marketing is ever evolving too. It's just like, so again, mm-hmm. in the way that social media is evolving, social influencer marketing is also evolving. And I think while it used to be like, mm-hmm. people just wanted free stuff from everywhere. I also think now influencers are also seeing that like, well, not everything converts for me. Yeah, And like, we had a conversation one of our mentors who is a beauty founder as well and she was saying that like they paid an influencer like a latina influencer some big big money and she didn't convert for them at all mm-hmm. right so like even if you are paying the big bucks with whoever mm-hmm. it may be it doesn't mean that it we turn results for you as a company mm-hmm. and that's why what joanna was mentioning about that relationship building it's like, well, do you really expect so and so influencer to bring results when they've never mentioned you before ever, or they never they don't know who you are? Yeah, yeah, or they've never mentioned like, oh, I love bath and body product or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't even have to be. Here. They don't. They don't shower. In fact, <laughs> exactly. they don't even shower. You're okay. Like, so I think like <laughs> as, as like business owners, you have to really have to think through intentionally, and just like throwing money at something won't necessarily return results. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think like, as you were saying that it just made me think of this point of we have all this technology, we you know, things are moving so much quicker than ever before, we can find things so much easier online. But at the end of the day, it's still the human connection, like you cannot fake that. This is like why, like concert, you know, during COVID, like people try to do online streaming, like no one wants to watch a concert on their computer, you know, like you cannot fake that in person, you can't replace that. And the relationship it's the foundation of everything. And that takes time, right? It's like you have to find the people, then you have to reach out, then you have to wait for them to write back, and then you have to get to know each other. I mean, it's like yeah. courting people. It's like any relationship, it's the same, and it takes time. So yeah, it's so true. And I think influencers are getting also, like you said, like overwhelmed. They just get so much stuff that it's like, it doesn't mean as much anymore, right. you know? So really finding the people where it does mean something, where it does matter, yeah. takes time. And I do wish we did that more, and like Joanna said, like we don't we only really focus around launches just because we literally have a really small team and like really great influencer marketing and building relationships takes time and somebody that does it consistently so we're always trying to improve really like we're always like scratching our heads like what does this look like this year Mm -hmm. like how do we reach out to more people how are we building those relationships so it's ever evolving and really not perfect but like we're always really thinking about that So finding the people is and building the relationship is one part, but then like tracking it is the other part. We struggle with that a lot. Like, are we really supposed to be just like every day searching these people's handles and seeing if they posted, right? And so you have platforms like Grin or other tribe or or I forget, Tribe Tribe Dynamics, I think, yeah. Thank you, Tribe Dynamics, yeah, where you have these platforms that help you track, which they cost money, right? So it's very manual to do it the other way, you know? So we're exploring that now as we try to move forward too. And, you know, when we were in the Clean Beauty Summer School together, I think it was Akash from Fable and Maine that was talking about, you know, how the Glow Recipe girls went into the comments and like really found people. There's a lot of gold to be found like in the comments. A lot. And I, Mm -hmm. so we're, we're doing that, but that is manual, Right. That is not like you don't just press a button and be like, find yep. me some people and bring them to me. <laughs> you, know? you have to like someone has to. Eight. Yeah. Someone has to like go onto their phone and search all the comments and reach out, you know, so, so it's very time consuming. So we now have a marketing assistant who just searches the comments. I mean, she does other things, too, but like that's one of her jobs because it's not possible to do all of these things and also run your company and also do the shipping and also work on product development. Right. There's so many aspects. Right. Yeah. What do you feel are some of your more immediate 
pressing hurdles, right? Like for me, if you ask me like, Sandra, what's your biggest pain point? I'd be like, inventory management. I hate it. <laughs> like it's just because it relates to, it's really connected to the finances, mm-hmm. like the P&L and the, the COGS, you know, so if we don't manage our inventory and the value of the inventory correctly, like things don't, everything mm-hmm. is messed up. So what are for you, what are some of your biggest hurdles at this stage? I was going to say funding. <laughs> which which I think is like very lofty and big but like Mm -hmm. Joanna and I when we started Viva we started with ten thousand dollars and retrospect that was not nearly enough to start a beauty brand with good formulations and quality Mm -hmm. products and inventory Mm -hmm. management and branding right like that was by far extremely underfunded yeah so I think we're just like trying to catch up now of what is that money that we actually now need to invest in And, and I think you were saying it's somewhere sounder it's like oh i think in your email newsletter that you sent out uh-huh. about like you need more money to make more money yeah right and like and i think that's like this weird trapped cycle that we're yes. in right of like trying to find more funding so we can like we know we have great return customer rate but we need new products right like we know like so it's like mm-hmm. we need money to make new products but like we need to sell the inventory yes. we have now to make that money <laughs> you know so yes. it's like a never-ending cycle and again being yeah. first-time entrepreneurs I think it's like, how do we find help to get us through it or think differently, which I think John and I, mm-hmm. a couple of months ago, we we're talking about like, what kind of a business advisor do we need? Maybe we don't really need an actual accountant that does like our bookkeeping day to day, but maybe we need somebody that's going to look at our financials and just like our numbers and maybe like give us some insights and things that John and I are not thinking about or we don't see of like, what's that next step? So I think in general for us, I think it's been funding. And as mentioned, like, like we had a really amazing launch last week, but it wasn't as big of a splash as we thought it was going to be. And maybe that's because we need to send more PR or we need to do this. There's always like yeah. could have, should have, would have. But now it's just like, how do we move forward? Because we need that funding because all of our investment went into this big launch. So now into the inventory. Exactly. So now we're like, how do we turn that over? And again, that's just like, well, maybe we need Google ads, retargeting ads. There is people on the side. They're just not converting. We need to remind them, nudge them. Hey, Viva's here, you know, complete that purchase. Mm -hmm. So I think like ever evolving is funding. I hope to talk to you maybe in like two to five years from now and be like, our team is growing like crazy and we can't keep up with HR, right? Like, you know, I think Mm -hmm. I I hope and the vision is to like have those problems. But I think as of right now, Mm -hmm. immediacy is just funding. And I think a lot of companies are are in this boat too, right? Like we're kind of in a recession. People are dialing back on spending and we're just trying to figure out ways to really survive. And I think that's just being really transparent of like, this stuff is hard. <laughs> like it's really hard. Yes. And like think like you have low lows. I think like we had a mini low of like we thought this launch was gonna be amazing. It's been doing good, not as good as we would have liked. So now we're like we can't just be down about it. Like we gotta like pivot and be like, we gotta no, sell no, no. this. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's what I would say like right now would be like, what do we need? Which again it sounds so cliche and like such a problem for everybody, but we're on that boat. Yeah. Totally. Do you want to add something, Joanna? Same. I, and I think, you know, going back to funding and, and just being an entrepreneur, right? We talk about it often that being an entrepreneur is so glamorized and we don't really talk about the lows and everything we go through. We're, talk, we're showing on our stories that we're good and we're happy and we're doing great. But in reality, we're going through these mm-hmm. on obstacles, right? And being an entrepreneur, you need to know how to problem solve. 
If you cannot think on your toes, if you cannot solve problems, and if you're going to dwell on your problems and dwell on your lows, then if this is not for you. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we would have quit a long time ago if that was the case, right? But I feel like it's important for us to see the North Star, right? We realize the vision of Eve, and that's what kind of keeps us going when times get rough, right? Mm-hmm. We're always going to be in this cycle of like high mm-hmm. highs and low lows, but I think Coming back to, you know, why you started and why you're doing this is so, so important for any entrepreneur. Yes. And I think just going back to this concept of cash flow and your money being tied up in inventory is something that, you know, most people don't think about unless you're running a company, right? I'm in this boat too. I actually, I'm in the middle of fundraising for the first time or I'm at the end, I hope, like knock on wood. I'm hopefully closing this seed raise like this week. And so like, I know the money is coming, but even still, like I had to take out another loan to float us until the money comes, right? Like, and so people are like, oh, you're killing it. Like, it's so great. I'm like, okay, but my bank account is not killing it. Okay, let me just be clear. Like the bank account is not killing it yet. Okay, you know, and like I was telling you guys, like I just sold out of a bunch of products and it sounds like so exciting. Wow, like sold out. No, it means that like I have no way to make money because there's nothing to sell. (laughs) Or like the opposite of that is like, all of your money's in inventory and now you don't have money to market, to sell the product. So, you know, I totally understand this like cycle, this like catch 22, we're like, okay, we have the product, but now like we don't have money to go tell people, right? That Mm -hmm. we have this product. You know, most people just don't think about this and and not to mention like if you're selling into retail, one of the reasons I sold out is because we got this huge wholesale order, which again, sounds really glamorous, but that money is not coming until the end of October because it is a net 60 customer, meaning we're waiting for 60 days to get this money. In the meantime, it's Hispanic Heritage Month. People want to support. I'm like, sorry, go buy it on some other website, (laughs) you know? And so the cash flow, right, is a real struggle. I don't have a finance background. When I got into my first accelerator cohort, like with True Beauty Ventures, they were like, please send us your financial model. And I was like, shit, okay, let me get a financial model. Okay, like a complex one. So I had to really scan my brain of like, who do I know that knows financial Mm -hmm. modeling? And luckily I knew one person who I have known like my entire life. Like I went off to music school and she went off to like finance school. Thank God. Thank God somebody I know went off to go learn some numbers while I was over there like writing songs. And but having those people in your corner, right? So sometimes even just finding those people like you're talking about, Leslie, like, okay, we need some kind of business advisor to like look at the big picture and tell us like, what do we need to do next? You know, like what do these numbers tell you? Because if you don't come from a finance background, there's no way that you can translate that. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you know how to do that? So I think that one of those pieces of advice to people is like, There's so much to think about, right, when you're starting a brand, but the finance piece and not just like getting the funding, but like understanding how the money works, you know, the flow of the cash flow and really looking everything on the P&L and being able to read a P&L, right? So what is a P&L, right? The profit and loss statement and understanding just what your business is, like telling the story in numbers. And if you don't know how to do that, then finding someone who can help you, right? Who can like literally sit down with you. Like I needed Diana, my friend, to sit down and like hold my hand and like walk through everything and like translate it in like plain English, you know? So I think that that's something that's definitely not talked about enough. Find someone who understands financial Mm -hmm. modeling. And when I had Brittany on the show, she talked about it. You know, we're like the visionaries, right? Like you have the vision, right? You are the face of the brand. like. You know how to build community. You know how to show up authentically. That doesn't mean that you have to be good at financial right. modeling necessarily, right? Not everyone comes with like an MBA, you know? Yeah. So, And I'm still like, Joanna, tell me about this profit and loss statement. 
No. And I think it's a lot of misconception within our communities on what type of financial people you need Mm -hmm. right now, right? There's a different type. It's a CPA, right? What's a bookkeeper? What's Mm -hmm. a tax preparer? Sometimes we think we need to go to a CPA right away and your business doesn't need it right away, right? You need to lay the foundation at the beginning. The minimum you need is a bookkeeper, yes. right? Something, some type of, yeah. it, it could be online. Like I think bench or there's something online where you can just have your income and your expenses categorized, yes. right? And going back to the foundation of not using your personal bank account no. for, you, you know, uh, or not using your business bank account for oh, your yeah, personal yeah, no. expenses, right? Everything should flow from your business and then you do a distribution, right? There's so many things where it's like, then if you have your bookkeeper that gives you that profit and loss, then you need Mm -hmm. a tax preparer or a tax professional, someone who will file your taxes and let you know how to, you know, save on taxes, how to make sure that you're not overpaying Mm -hmm. in taxes. And once your business is profiting a certain level, then you might need a CPA because you want to create a corporation, Mm -hmm. an LLC. So there's so many steps and not just one person is going to help you. And that's where Leslie comes. We have it down the foundation, the bookkeeping, the taxes is all done. But we need a strategizer, somebody who looks at models and is like, you're spending too much money here. You need to spend it here. And this is what's going to give you more return on your investment. Right. Instead of us, you know, throwing money at the wall and then thinking it's going to make us more money. Yes. So like, amen. Okay, all of that. Okay, all of that. (laughs) Everyone rewind and listen to that again. Because I used to use bench and I was like, I'm so professional. I've been using bench. It's all everything is categorized. And then in order for me to get a loan, they were like, we need your finances in gap format right? Mm-hmm. And bench is only cash accounting. So I had to go hire someone to redo all of my books in gap format, which at that point I was like, what is gap format? You know, so I didn't even know what I didn't know or what I needed, you know? And so if you don't do it right the first time, you're going to pay for it later. You know, you're going to go and hire someone to redo things. But yes, mm-hmm. that's why I'm now at the stage where I'm like, I need the full service. Like I need a controller and you know, the tax person, like the, the CPA, like the fractional CFO, mm-hmm. I need someone to tell me what's happening with the numbers. Mm-hmm. And also like bill payment, like I'm, people are sending me their invoices. It's not that many, but still it's a distraction, right? Like when I get an invoice, I'm like, oh, now I have to remember to pay this in 15 days or I need someone else to pay the bills and like have access to my bank account and give me the approval list. Like, okay, we're going to pay these bills. Cool. Great. Okay. But it's so true. And none of us really start businesses to stare at spreadsheets, right? Like that's not why we started, but someone has to, (laughs) someone has to stare at the chart of accounts. Someone has to stare at the money. It's such a crucial part that if we ignore it, it just comes back to bite us, you know, in the ass right you guys are so lucky you have joanna who's like (laughs) who's doing like taking care of that of the taxes part that's amazing what are you guys aside from like what we talked about today like maybe looking for a strategist someone that can come in and read the numbers like because you mentioned earlier leslie like what you started with things have changed right like your maybe your north star has changed or where you're trying to go the roadmap has changed like Um, where are you trying to go next i think like literally like surviving this like mini recession post-covid world (laughs) which i have lots of faith we will i think we've uh, you know this is being Mm -hmm. really transparent like we were one of the first latina brands really the only one that was out there was reina rebelde you know shout out to them Mm -hmm. and then it was us literally like Mm -hmm. we searched the internet up and down and like social media and now like we want to remain being an innovator and like a trailblazer in that space so now we're like really looking at like how can our products be better Mm -hmm. how can our storytelling be even better this went under a really like mini rebrand or i would call it a brand refresh right like really staying in in line with like Mm -hmm. 
cool, fun, fresh Mm -hmm. logo and colors, which is where we started, right? And like Mm -hmm. now it has evolved to more. So like we really want to continue to be a trailblazer in what we do. We just launched a brow product. So like Viva is known for lips, right? So now, so and like long lasting bold color. And now how do we pivot into like, Viva is also known for long lasting, amazing color in other categories. So like looking at that as well, how do we pivot and like, how do we storytell mm. and like, how do we add on to the message of like, we have amazing lips, but also amazing bold brows <laughs> and just like, and like, what does that trajectory look like? Mm-hmm. And I think immediately, like, I really want to kind of go back where we started. We want to talk to customers. People say like, talk to your customers to like mm-hmm. know where you're going. And I think just recently, like we had a really big, great survey we did last year, but I think John and I literally need to post focus groups and be like, what it is that you want we have a vision of Viva. our customer has like a vision of Viva. how do we merge that together mm-hmm. because at the end of the day we rely on our customers and community to shop with us mm-hmm. and we want to evolve in the ways that what are their needs and what are their beauty trends and i wouldn't say trends right because i wouldn't say we're like a trend brand we do very intentional and slow launches right like we don't jump just like on beauty trends mm-hmm. so like what is it that our customers want see from us and how do we meet them in the middle of like what we also think is innovative and cool and great and has like a storytelling part to it so i don't know if that answers the, that question sandra but like i think we're like mm-hmm. joanna and i and like this year we're at like a really pivoting point of like what does the next five years look like yeah we've got here so far with this much yes what is it the next steps are going to take us five more years yeah and like we're literally in those trenches right mm-hmm. now like what's that really clear vision but i think our goal f- before the year ends is to just literally talk to our customers we're gonna host these zooms we're gonna do these surveys and be like what is it that you want from us yeah because we're literally without them we are literally non-existent and that's always at the front of our minds with everything we do yeah i love it joanna did you want to add on to that yeah, I think another thing that's kind of a top of mind is just having our products more accessible. We realize mm-hmm. right now that D2C was great, right? In 2020, everybody was buying D2C, but that's changing, right? Mm-hmm. Having our products in retailers is the ultimate dream, right? We want mm-hmm. Vivid to be accessible at Ulta, Sephora, Target, you know, you name it. That's the huge, mm-hmm. huge dream. But in the next year or so, we do want to focus on doing small wholesalers and being available mm-hmm. in boutiques, which we were inspired by you, Sandra. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you. Thank you for mm-hmm. meeting with us. You met with us for a whole hour, giving us your tips and tricks on how you started with small boutiques, which is something mm-hmm. that we want to do. We want to be accessible to our customers. We want our customers to go to their local boutique and find Vive and be able to swatch it in person and be able to mm. experience the product because it's very different seeing it in person than it is online, right? When mm-hmm. we ever we have pop-ups just getting to talk to our customers and see them swatch the product and seeing how excited they are to see it in person and I don't know that's just something that is top of mind right now in the near future to just be more accessible to our customers I was gonna say for makeup like I want to see it in person right like this is why people at Sephora are always like trying stuff on because they want to see like does this go with my skin color does it go with my outfit (laughs) you know so yeah and I think to wrap it up in a bow sign of how we started about like who do we work with and i think it's also about like looking at boutiques and local stores it's like which ones are latina owned which ones are bipoc owned right and like literally putting our products in those places and communities Mm -hmm. to like recycle them funding right it's like they're Mm -hmm. selling our stuff they're paying us then they're getting paid with Mm -hmm. the purchase at their store so it's very intentional on how do we really keep our money in our community so we can grow together Yes. There's a store here in San Diego. Aren't you from here, Leslie? Aren't you from San Diego? Yes. Okay. I was born and lived in San Diego many years. 
Okay. So I don't know if we've already talked about this, but there's a store here that I love, Artelexia. Mm-hmm. And they are just fabulous. And they're better. They're like a better account than like Whole Foods for us. Like people love that store. I love that store. And I mean, I don't know. I can't remember if they sell any cosmetics, but if you haven't talked to Alexia, she's the owner, I would recommend, you know, reaching out because she is, she's awesome. Her story is awesome. And she's also been very transparent about her journey. She shared it with me that, you know, she started the farmer's market. And then eventually people were like, oh, where can I buy this? Not here, like at a store and, you know, taking out multiple credit cards. And anyway, I'll let her tell her story some other time. But, you know, she's also started small and it's not easy, you know, but from the outside, you're like, wow, it's so amazing. But as my friend Cece from Prado's Beauty says, like, I quit my nine to five. So now I work 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. Entrepreneurship <laughs> is not for the faint of heart. Yeah, it's not. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and you know, I know we're wrapping up soon. Yeah. And recently I was reading this book, which I'm actually going to recommend to everyone. It's called How to Build a Goddamn Empire um, mm. by Ali something. She's like the co-founder of Bulletin. And mm. like literally like her first chapter resonated so hard. And she talks about like, what does success look like? Right. Sometimes we get wrapped into like really glitzy glam entrepreneurship mm-hmm. of like, co-founders doing cool, amazing things or like founders wearing fancy, expensive stuff, right? And sometimes when you're saying like when your bank account literally is so low, that doesn't feel mm-hmm. successful, right? But like switching our mindset to be like, you're doing something no one else has ever done. Mm-hmm. That's success in itself, mm-hmm. right? And like just because your bank account could be low now doesn't mean you're not successful, right? Or even like what does that even matter to anyone, right? The only thing that you should be mattering is to you, mm-hmm. That is really important to be like, the lows are low, but that does not mean you're not successful, right? Like there's so many other things to celebrate and that's a journey and like success of its own. And we should hang on to those moments when we are at a low point in entrepreneurship. So yes. And listen, I screenshot my bank account when it's like negative because I'm like one day I'm going to look back and be like, oh, yeah, that was funny, you know, (laughs) when it's no longer that. But it's true. There's so many, you know, as I say, it's like the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. There's always highs and lows. And I know this from working for other brands as well, where people were like, oh, my God, they're killing it. I'm like, okay, but they're also getting sued right now. Okay, and they also just put the product in the wrong packaging and we had to go recall it and throw it all away. Like there's always something, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know who said this. I think it was the founder of Stax. She was like, it doesn't get easier. You just get better. Like, remember when something went wrong for the first time and like you freaked out, you know, and now you're like, okay, yeah, so the lip gloss thing doesn't work. All right, cool. We'll get a new one. You know, like it's I always like to remind myself and my team, like we work in beauty. There's no emergencies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's true. no one is on the operating table but i yeah i could talk to you guys forever are you guys going to the wheel grow latina thing yes we're going are you going yes Yay. yes okay great so we can talk more and hang out there okay. but let me close out here with some rapid fire questions so since there's two of you i would love for actually for both of you to be able to answer these so the best piece of advice you have ever received who wants to go first <laughs> um Joanna's like, not me. I'm not going first. (laughs) Um, I would say best piece of advice would be just to go for it. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we get scared ourselves of failure. We're scared of what other people might say. But if you have that calling and if you feel it in your heart that you're solving a problem and that's something that you want to do, if we could do it, you could do it too, right? We came from no background, no industry background. We knew nobody. We had no connections. We had no money. And not to say we know everything now because we still don't know what we're doing half the time, but we're doing our best and we're trying. So I would say just Mm -hmm. go for it if you have a need. I think that's one of the things that resonates with me. If you feel like you have a calling for something, just go for it. Love that. 
Yeah. I feel like I had like a blurb of like something that I always keep with me, but I cannot remember it at this moment <laughs> in time. But I think just in general, I always feel like, and this is something that I'm still working on, right, Sandra? Because we can talk about like imposter syndrome, but like if you don't believe in yourself, then like who will? Right. Like yeah. literally, mm-hmm. like you don't have the confidence to be like mm-hmm. and sometimes and this is like, again, a mindset that I'm trying to work on of like we have to literally be like, I'm the shit. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. We're going to mm-hmm. build this thing. Like if that doesn't happen for you, it's really hard to hear it from other places or like believe it. Yep. And I think I'm still in that journey of like we need to believe this. So like with all our heart, right, like we need to believe yes. ourselves with all of our heart. And that can be really hard sometimes. But I think that takes you places. So mm-hmm. that's something I'm working on and something that I wish that I could advise somebody else to do. I totally agree. You guys kind of answered this question earlier, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So what does success mean to you or look like for you? To me, success means more time. I feel like that's something that, you know, we see our parents, our parents came or, you know, especially my mom, she came to this country first generation. For me, she came to this country with not knowing the language, not knowing Mm -hmm. anybody for new opportunities for me or for us. Right. So for them, they didn't have time. Mm -hmm. Right. Because all they did was work and hustle. And I never saw my mom on the weekend. So for me, I think success would look like for me to have more time to spend with my family, Mm. to be able to have those moments when they're little. I'm about, I feel like I'm going to cry, but time is my I'm crying. (laughs) I'm crying. Okay. I literally just had chills because yes, hundred percent. Time is something that you oh won't God. get back, Ta- right? So yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, I am going to be in line with that, and I think for me, time as in like I was just telling Joanne the other day, like I don't get paid much, right? To be a mm-hmm. transparent, right? Like Viva does not pay me much. Mm-hmm. Viva does not pay much to Joanna, even less than what I get paid, right? So like mm-hmm. we literally are are not rich by any means of it, right like beaver we're trying to survive mm-hmm. but i think that wonderful amazing thing that i was telling joanna is like damn while like our bank account is low and like sometimes we're like defeated it's like we can pick up any day and go wherever we want right like we got invited mm-hmm. to the left founders event we got invited mm-hmm. to that kind of last minute but we were just like able to like pick up and go we didn't have to worry that we had to work on the weekend mm-hmm. or like get the time off or like ask for a vacation day like those things are while small I think important and add up and like I feel successful be like I can just go wherever Mm -hmm. we need to go Mm -hmm. we get invited to really cool opportunity right I will just end it there but that's what I would say time in the way that we can pick up and go and take advantage of amazing opportunities and not have to worry about asking for the day I just want to thank you guys for being on the podcast. I love you guys. I love what you're doing. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I know it's hard, but we need you. So keep going. I'm here for you. Like anything that you need, you know, reach out. And I can't wait to hang out with you guys next weekend. (laughs) Exciting. Thank you so much for having us, Sandra. It's such an honor. All right, you guys. Have a great day. See you soon. Visit nopalera.co to pick up your favorite self-care items for yourself and your friends and family. Join our mailing list to be the first to hear about new products and exclusive promotions and follow us on IG at nopalera.co. And if you are an entrepreneur looking for more real talk and resources, you can join my entrepreneurial newsletter from my personal website, sandraliliavelasquez.com and be the first to know when I host workshops and masterclasses. Everything is linked below in the show notes. Stay resilient.